you know, one fascinating thing that we've been chronicling here for the last several years is this phenomenal growth that's going on all over North Texas. And I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, maybe the Dallas area to the north and, and, and to some degree to the south. You look at Fort Worth, well to the north and to the west. Lots of construction going on. And the concern is that maybe we're overbuilding or maybe they're in too much of a hurry. Mark Gravely is uh, joining us today. He's the managing partner for a great, for a law firm uh, that has his name on it that specifically looks at oh homeowners associations and uh, hospitals and school districts that are looking at construction. He joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thanks for having me, David. It's a real pleasure to be here. So I, I don't know. Just my guess is this would be a great time for you. There's a lot going on. And and I would think that there, and especially corners being cut, maybe because of the supply chain. Are you seeing an uptick in business? Uh, we are, as a matter of fact. You know, uh, the only thing we do, it's I think it's important for your listeners to know that all we do is represent owners uh, of highways, you know, toll roads, hospitals, uh, large and small school districts, uh, you know, ISDs, charter schools, jails, uh, large institutional clients. We help them recover cost of repair when something's not built right. And so uh, your your earlier statement is dead on because there's so much construction going on, which means statistically alone that there are more problems with construction. Uh, but the fact is, uh, is that there's not enough skilled labor to get everything done correctly. Um, as a result, you know, we represent high rises, uh, you know, county jails, uh, counties for courthouses, cities, uh, toll road uh, folks for cost of repair when things go south. You know, we saw that, my gosh, we saw this at the football stadium, the just gigantic football stadium that was built in Allen a, a few years ago. But by the, and that showed up right away. There were cracks that were showing up right away. But there are a whole lot of things that don't show up right away. How long well, How long do you have to, to file a suit on something like this? Well, it depends. It depends on if you're a, a private individual or a, a unit of the government. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, and we can talk for a good while on football stadiums, that's not the only stadium with issues in the state of Texas. Uh, and, of course, I'm not going to say which other ones we've represented, but that's just one example that just happened uh, to be a, a public issue uh, that was dealt with um, by the insurance carriers for the folks uh, who, who maybe didn't do it correctly. Well, there was another case like that with football. Wasn't it where, where the light standards were falling over? Maybe there was an... Westlake or someplace? Well, I, I don't recall that one, but I can tell you we've handled uh, quite a few stadium cases. Um, there's even some collegiate stadiums that fall below the standard of care for folks that have designed and or constructed them. But, but I mean, can you come back 10 years later and say this thing is falling apart? It shouldn't because of shoddy uh, construction? Well, well, sure, yeah. So the Texas legislature has uh, special rules for taxpayer-funded construction. And uh, it used to be it was the law for many decades that a unit of the state, uh, meaning, uh, you know, the University of Texas system or uh, UT Arlington, for example, or a school district uh, or a county or city could file to recover cost repairs up to 10 years after after substantial completion. And with a small notice letter, you could extend that to 12 uh, but the legislature has, uh, because they thought it was better for Texas taxpayers, I suppose, to uh, they've decided to lower that to eight years now. 
to give uh, taxpayers less time to recover cost of repair in case something goes south. So there is, you know, we talked about we're we're marching toward becoming the third largest area in the United States of America. Presumably by the end of the decade, we pass Chicago and it'll be New York, L.A. and North Texas. And so can we keep up with I mean, uh, on the one hand, you want you don't want shoddy construction. But on the other hand, you want we need a lot of infrastructure to to keep this march going. Well, we do. And I can tell you this. uh, Nobody should underestimate the industrial uh, nature of our economy or the industriousness of the people we have uh, here to build things. Um, It's one of the things that makes America one of the greatest countries on the planet, probably some say the greatest country, in my opinion, the greatest country, because we are such an industrious people. Do we need the infrastructure? You better believe it. Um, Sometimes it's not done correctly, but, you know, that's the exception. That's not the rule. And there's plenty of folks out there uh, who who set out to do a great job and they're they care about their job. They care about the quality of their construction. And there's example of that uh, all around us. Thank goodness. You know, this business moves like glaciers move. And, and, and that's that's my premise. So I live in in North Dallas and there was this tornado that came through here. Gosh, it's been three years. We still have construction that needs to be done why does something like this take so long to get the money to rebuild what was there hold on a minute now okay hold on because i'm going to take issue with what you're talking about because you've just branched into a different reason for delay and that is insurance company payments to policyholders and that's a whole different ball game than why is construction taking so long you know the other half of what we do is uh, when there's property damage from things like tornadoes, uh, we, we, we are retained by uh, property owners in Texas to file suit to recover uh, benefits due. And let me tell you what, uh, you just have to know that the insurance industry, uh, many of the uh, carriers involved, most of whom are foreign carriers, you need to know, not, not Texas or uh, U.S. carriers, they have a calculated methodology of dragging things out. Because the longer they get to hold on to their money, the more interest they make. They're, they're for-profit organizations. And if everybody should, uh, uh, everybody should understand that delays in insurance payments are such a concern to the state legislature that there are penalties for late payments. And they used to be 18%. Now they're around 11 So when you drive around and you think, wow, uh, things still haven't been built because of the tornado, some of that, not all, but some of it is due to insurance companies not paying on time. But the best attorney in the world can't light a fire under some Japanese insurance company, can you? Well, uh, you can't. Uh, and remember, uh, uh, since we're talking about insurance, you know, insurance companies are are not afraid of being sued. Uh, they're not worried about that. As a matter of fact, there are over three, I would say over 500 law firms in Texas that work exclusively for insurance companies to help them keep their money and to keep it longer for a longer period of time. And there are, are many fewer companies or uh, law firms, I should say, uh, who have the expertise to uh, actually uh, hold an insurance carrier uh, to account. And so insurance companies plan for lawsuits. They're not worried about lawsuits. They know it's a cost of doing business. And they are professional litigants. So um, the, the, the really the only way to hold them to account, as we have to for this wonderful Texas economy, uh, is to uh, get our state legislature, uh, and I'm going to get on a soapbox here for a minute, 
to uh, uh, re re up the penalties to 18 percent. You know, for some reason, a couple of years ago, uh, the legislature here in Texas thought it would be better if insurance companies had to pay uh, uh, less of a penalty for late payments. Sounds like bad, it sounds like battling lobbyists to me. But well, well, battling lobbyists. But look, we're, we are Texans. We live in Texas. I'm a I'm a although I was uh, wasn't born in Texas. I got here, you know, as the bumper sticker says, as soon as I could. And, uh, you know, we're Texans, man. And the penalties used to be 18 percent. They should be now. But for some reason, somebody convinced uh, our Texas state legislators that the Texas economy is better off letting insurance companies off the hook. Well, we will we will see if they get the message. Let me drop back to to one earlier point. We were talking about municipalities and whether it's football stadiums or highways or that sort of thing. One thing they use is this RFP system, putting out a request for proposal. And then in some cases, they are bound to take the lowest bidder there is. And sometimes the lowest bidder there is is low for a really good reason. They don't have any experience doing what they're doing. How do you deal with something like that? Well, I mean, the fact is, is that that's the system we've got. Uh, the uh, municipalities, you know, units of the state have a duty to the taxpayers to uh, get the most for their money. And there's nothing wrong with competitive bidding. Uh, and the fact is also that there are plenty of general contractors out there that do a fantastic job uh, of working with engineers and architects and building wonderful things. I, I think it's unfair to the industry to say the lowest bidder uh, can't do the job correctly. I think that's, uh, a, well, in all fairness, a bit of a stereotype, and it's unfair to the construction industry. Um, it's fun to talk about things like that, but I don't think it's a fair way to treat, uh, you know, low bidders. Now, sometimes, you know, uh, there are federal, pro you know, ways to protest low bidders. I think Amazon, uh, in a non-construction context, protested uh, uh, some kind of a data service uh, award on a federal level. Uh, there's methods to protest that uh, at the state level. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, the boards of directors at our uh, and trustees at our school districts, cities, counties, and even at the state level have a duty, though, to, you know, get the best deal they can. And you're you're not going to find too many contractors bidding on major projects uh, who can't do the work. Uh, there's a lot of fantastic yeah. contractors out there, David. That's good. And, and, and I know they're 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 vetted. Well, well, look, here's hoping that that you that you work hard and put yourself out of business and we don't have to have this. But the reality is, I'm, my sense is we're going to be talking a lot more over the next decade or so. Mark Gravely is a managing partner of um, what's the actual firm, the Gravely Law Firm. Uh, no, it's not the Gravely Law Firm. It's Gravely PC, uh, you know, like Winstead PC. Oh, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. a professional corporation. Uh, you can just refer to it as Gravely. That's what most people in the industry call the firm. We appreciate the time. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. And David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.